0: You are listening to the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. We are in the days while the judges were ruling Israel. Before King David made Israel such a great success, when life was kind of hard for the people of Israel. And we are hearing the story that begins with a man named Elimelech. Elimelech had a wife named Naomi, and together they had two sons. And they lived in Israel in the days when the judges ruled, when things were hard, and it got harder because a famine swept across the land, and they had not enough food to sustain them. So Elimelech decided that the best chance of survival for he and his family was to uproot leave his homeland, and go to Moab." Now you need to know that Moab was not on friendly terms with Israel. There was a lot of bias between the Moabites and the Israelites. They didn't always get along. So for a to decide that being a migrant in Moab was better than living in Israel, things were rough indeed. And unfortunately, things didn't get any better when they got to Moab because they arrived and at some point after they settled down in Moab, Elimelech died, leaving Naomi a widow with two sons. The two sons married two Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth, but they died too. So suddenly Naomi was a widow in a foreign land with no husband and no sons, which was a very precarious position for a woman in this day and age. And that's where we pick up. That was the first five verses of Ruth, by the way. So we're going to pick up in verse 6 of Ruth chapter 1 and hear how the story unfolds. Then Naomi started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb, that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters. It has been far more bitter for me than for you because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, "'See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law.' But Ruth said, "'Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried.'" May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, your God, my God. I remember sitting in the living room of a couple who had been married for many, many years. The wife was suffering from Alzheimer's. The husband was spending every waking hour caring for his beloved I was concerned with how he was sparing, because I knew that literally every waking hour was devoted to her care, and I was wondering why he hadn 't looked into care facilities yet as her disease progressed all the while I was visiting with them. the wife didn 't say much she didn 't interact much until I asked them to tell me the story of how they met a story that I had heard before, but a story I knew they loved to tell and The husband started to share those early days of their relationship and soon the wife perked up and she began to share memories that came to mind, details that made her smile and her countenance lifted and she looked so alive and happy. And as she was talking, I looked at the husband and I saw in his face why he was caring for her at home. For as long as he could manage. Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. One of the most influential preachers, pastors, theologians of all times is Saint Augustine. But behind Saint Augustine is a lesser known figure, a formidable woman by the name of Monica, his mother. You see, For all of his changing the world through his preaching and writing, Augustine, the famous saint, started off as not so saintly. His younger days are responsible for turning his mother's hair gray. He had no interest in his mother's faith of Christianity. He had no interest in a virtuous life. And yet Monica would not, could not give up. On her son. Legend has it that every night she wept and prayed because she wanted her son to find the life in Christ that she had found. Every night she wept and she prayed, and the legends say that she wept so much that a drain would just open up below her to gather those holy tears. Eventually, after Monica's Year after year after year, night after night after night of weeping and praying, Augustine did find Christ and devoted his life to be a priest, and we are still reading his works today. Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Today we are finishing our sermon series on the word abide. We've talked about abiding with Jesus. We've talked about abiding in faith, abiding in hope, and today we're talking about abiding in love. Abiding in love with God, abiding in love with one another. And abiding in love can take on so many different forms. It can look like a couple abiding in love through illness, or a mother abiding in love when her child's decisions break her heart. It can look like abiding with one another when relationships get challenging or when life hits its lowest point. It can look like abiding in love when we don't feel like we have any love to give. And there's nothing like this story of Ruth and Naomi that gives us a picture of what abiding in love looks like. This refrain that, that Ruth says, these famous words, where you go, I go, where you live, I live, your people will be my people. Those are often spoken at weddings. It's often seen as a romantic verse, but I think it's important to note that these words were not originally spoken in a romantic context. They were the words of a grieving, scared daughter-in-law to a heartbroken, hopeless mother-in-law, which I think makes these words all that much more powerful because these words were shared between women who had been knocked down by life and felt that they had nothing left, but they found In this abiding love, a power to sustain them. Remember that Ruth and Naomi were both widows. And while Ruth had family somewhere in Moab, Naomi literally had nobody left. No husband, no sons. And in that day and age, only a man could make a living. Only a man could purchase property. Only a man could provide a safe place to live. And so Naomi literally had nothing. Her only choice was to go back to her homeland and depend upon the welfare of the people from which she came. She had nobody left except for her foreign daughter's-in-law. So Naomi told them, these beloved women, go home to your families." Go back to your parents' houses, find another husband, have children, live a happy life. You've done well by me and by my sons. Now, perhaps Naomi knew that she literally had nothing to offer these women. She knew that she was going to be dependent upon the welfare of her people when she returned home, and she didn't want to put these young women through that. But perhaps Naomi also knew that life was going to be hard enough, And it would be even harder if she returned back to Israel with foreign Moabite daughters-in-law in in tow. Women who would be considered outsiders, spurned outsiders. Women who would be no help to Naomi as she tried to put herself in the good graces of her neighbors to whom which she would need their support. So go home, she told her daughters-in-law. Go home. Be happy. Orpah. Did as Naomi requested, but Ruth clung to her mother in law and she said, Wherever you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. And in this moment, Ruth is not just saying, Hey, I got your back. I'm going to love you. I'll be with you. Ruth is literally leaving behind everything she'd ever known. She's leaving behind her culture, her family, her language, her people, her religion everything, all because of this abiding love that she offered to Naomi. Now, when I first imagined preaching the sermon on Ruth and Naomi, I was fixated on this love that Ruth showed her mother-in-law, this faithful, fierce, devoted love that she chose to go with Naomi even when she could have gone home to her parents and perhaps had an easier life, but she loved Naomi and so she chose to abide with Naomi. But as I was studying this passage, what I realized was that Naomi also chose to abide with Ruth. This was a mutual love that they shared, a mutual choice to abide with one another when it was not the easiest choice. Because remember, Naomi had to go back home and rely on the people in her hometown. And she was choosing to do so with a foreigner who would not make life any easier for her. Naomi knew that she would be accepted among her people, but she knew that Ruth might have been seen as unwelcome baggage to many of her countrymen the very people that Naomi needed to depend on. But Naomi wouldn't turn Ruth away. Naomi received this abiding love from Ruth, and she returned it, claiming claiming Ruth as her daughter, someone that she would never abandon, never turn away. You can almost hear Naomi echoing the words back to Ruth fine. Wherever you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. From here on out, Ruth and Naomi would be an undivided team. And I'd never thought about that choice that Naomi made until I studied it this time. And I was struck by this importance that this abiding love that they shared was a mutual commitment. It was a decision that because God had brought them together, they would stick to one another. When the world would have pulled them apart, where there were other choices that might have been easier, this love they shared held them together. No matter what would come their way, they would remain. Now, we live in a world where this kind of abiding love feels like a rarity, Sure, we see it at weddings when we hear couples make their proclamations to one another, but in our culture, this kind of commitment doesn't happen often. In a world where it's really easy to unfollow somebody if they upset us or offend us, in a world where there's so many choices that you can um, take your business elsewhere if you're unhappy, or you can choose a different friend group, or you can find a different way— This kind of abiding love, this mutual commitment from Ruth and Naomi, that isn't romantic, is not often practiced or promoted or celebrated. It feels so revolutionary. It feels so rare. But what I hope you'll see in this story is that their choice to have this abiding kind of love made it possible for God to do amazing things. It's when we choose to abide in love like this that we invite God to do more than we could ever imagine. Because it is through this abiding love, these abiding relationships, that God works in powerful ways. The story of Ruth and Naomi actually has a happy ending for all of its Despair and sadness at the beginning. Ruth and Naomi end up back in Bethlehem, where Naomi's from, where Ruth meets a man named Boaz, who is a wealthy landowner, who's also a distant relative of Naomi. And one thing leads to another, and soon Ruth and Boaz are married and they have a son. And Naomi is happy once again, surrounded by family. But what's important to note is that Boaz and Ruth's son is named Obed. He has a son named Jesse, who has a son who is a young shepherd boy named David, who grows up to be king, which means Ruth was the great-grandmother of King David. So you see, when these two women chose to abide in love with one another, a seed was planted, a seed of perseverance and faithfulness and commitment and hope that grew into something bigger, something world-changing, something more incredible than they even imagined at the time. When we commit to one another, when we commit to those we love, when we commit to the people God has given us with abiding love, God does the most amazing things. Like comfort a couple who is suffering from Alzheimer's. Like answer a mom's desperate prayers for her son. You know, I could tell story after story of this impact of abiding love, of all the good that God can do through it when we choose to take that revolutionary path. I could tell you about the mom who made that daily trip to the psych unit to visit her child and not let his illness come between them. I could tell you about the couple who took under their wing a castaway child in the community and raised him up as their own, helping him to become the first college graduate in his family. I could tell you about those church nemesis, the men who were on opposite political and theological ends of the spectrum, year after year, chopping barbecue and platen food to raise money for the church they both believed in. I'm sure each of us has stories about the power of abiding love, that kind of love that sticks together when it's inconvenient or uncomfortable, the kind of love that is more important than the better alternatives available. We each have stories about how abiding love heals, how it strengthens, how it brings hope, how it transforms hearts, communities, churches. The world. Because it's through abiding love, it's through our choice to abide in love with the people God has given us, that God does amazing work. Because the story of Ruth does not end with King David, as you know. Generations later, another son, another king is born to this lineage, to this heritage, Jesus. It's not surprising to me That Jesus was born from a family that has this heritage of abiding love within it. That Jesus' story involves these two women who, when they had other alternatives, they chose to love one another through it all. It doesn't surprise me that that is part of Jesus' story, because that is the heart of Jesus. Think about from the moment Jesus first called his disciples— Jesus showed this same kind of abiding love. He stuck by them, and they stuck by him. They never understood his teachings, and yet they tried, and he kept teaching. They sometimes stood in the way of what he was trying to do, and yet he kept inviting them to follow him. They abandoned him in his greatest time of need when he was arrested and crucified. And yet when Jesus rose from the dead, guess who he wanted to share his new life with first? His disciples. When Jesus ascended into the heavenly places, he gave the disciples his spirit, his mission. He commissioned them to carry on his life's work. Jesus' love is abiding. It sticks with us. Jesus' love is abiding for you. It sticks with you. When others would unfriend you, Jesus sticks by you. When others would quit on you because it's too hard, Jesus remains. When others would turn their back on you because of how you've messed up, Jesus abides always. When we began this sermon series, we began with John chapter 15, where Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Abide in my love. It's almost like we can hear Jesus saying to us, Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Thanks be to God. Amen. You have been listening to the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. If you'd like to find out more about our church community, visit apexumc.org or look for us on social media. The peace of Christ be with you. Let us welcome all, love all, and serve all.